I'm curious to know, and we'll ask him on what day did I say? April the 13th. 13th. Everyone should come. You know, does he plan to do another novel? Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Jamie is joining us today to both plug our upcoming Evening with an Author event, as well as talk about a couple of books by our guest for that evening, David Dow. Yes. How about you tell us about the person or how we ended up recruiting him for Evening with an Author? Can I first backtrack and say every time Katie says municipal and does not like <laughs> hitch i'm very impressed it only it's, took 204 episodes says, yeah we're yes. two, 200 plus episodes in and her intro just rolls off her tongue and it's actually a pretty big <laughs> tongue twister so kudos katie good job thank you yeah now i want to talk about evening with the author which is coming up um on april 13th it's a wednesday uh evening this year it's an annual annual see i can't even say annual it's an annual tradition that the friends of the library bring a author uh, to talk to the people of Baytown about something that they're working on or something they have written or even just about their writing process. But even this particular event is kind of exciting because COVID interrupted our initial COVID. Yeah, we can't even get through a podcast without saying COVID. Yeah, David Dow actually was scheduled to be our evening with the author guest two years ago. And wasn't uh, it March 2020? Literally, it right was like, it yes, it was like the shutdown. So uh, we missed him. We thought we'd bring him back last year. Um, and, you know, maybe wanted consider doing virtual. But I like David Dow so very, very, very much. And I've never met him. So, you know, I'm going on leap of faith. I like him a lot that we really did want him in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but the books that we bought when we do evening with the author, we do a book giveaway to the first, I think it's 30 people who come to be in the audience. And uh, we bought those books in. They've been sitting there. They've been sitting there and we walk by them like every day and we're like, <laughs> hmm. so this is our uh, finally our opportunity to uh, give the books away and to welcome David Dow and to talk about uh, things he has written. Tell us a little bit about him as a person. As, yeah, again, never met him. Yeah. So David, if you're <laughs> listening, I'm making some of this up, but he's actually from Houston. He is a lawyer. He's a law professor at the University of Houston, and he's kind of famous or known for working with the Innocence Network. He works with death row inmates and uses students to kind of expose students to that kind of area of law. And several of my friends who are lawyers, uh, whenever I talk about David Dow, which is not infrequently because I absolutely <laughs> Absolutely love him as an author. They'll, they've taken his class. I think he teaches a constitutional law class also there or did at one time. So a lot of my lawyer friends uh, have been through his class and they speak really highly of him as well. So how about you tell us about the two books that you brought? This is how I found David Dow originally as a reader was with the book Things I've Learned from Dying. He did write, I think it's called Autobiography of an Execution, kind of a more of a, a memoir breakdown of someone's experience on death row. I've not read that. So my first exposure was Things I've Learned from Dying. Don't even remember how I found this book. I I really don't. And I didn't know what it was about. It is one of the most memorable books I've ever read. I recommend it to just about everybody, although obviously it sounds really dark from the title. Uh, And then when I describe it, which I'm about to do, you'll be like, yeah, that's 
pretty dark. Sounds, dark. <laughs> sounds, sounds about right. So uh, it's a memoir. I'm not even sure that's where we keep it, but it should be. Um, but it's very complex. It talks about a specific period of his life where he was working as an attorney representing clients on death row. He talks about that work in general, but then he talks specifically about a client that at the time he was putting this together, you know, working through this in his mind, uh, was sentenced to die. So that's one of the deaths. Mm -hmm. That's kind of one of the topics. And then I really, I don't know how to say this without making it, you know, sound awful. Uh, His father-in-law, who he loves very much, was diagnosed with a terminal cancer. So he's got his client sentenced to death. His father-in-law is dying. And then this, again, triple whammy, uh, his beloved dog, uh, Winona, is also dying oh gosh so there's three you know things and then back to the title uh the things i've learned from dying Mm -hmm. uh it kind of you know pulls out in a really poignant way um his observations his thoughts his his thinking process about all three of those kind of things about loss in general and the impermanence of life i know this sounds really lofty but it's amazing Mm -hmm. um it reminds me a little bit i read um you might have to help me with the title um she just passed away she's a journalist joan Joan didian thank you it's like like we're playing charades she's a journalist uh joan didian wrote a book year of magical thinking that oh my gosh leslie you are saving me right now (laughs) uh the year of magical thinking and it was about a her husband died all of a sudden um totally unexpected at the same time that her daughter was in a coma and was really, really ill. And it kind of goes through her grieving process. And and she's such a fabulous writer. And I always tell people, everyone should read this book. Like, these are the books you should read before someone you're close to passes, not, you know, when you're going through it. But it's kind of like that life prep, like this is going to happen to everyone. Everyone's going to lose a beloved pet. Everyone's going to lose a family member. Most people will not represent someone on death row. But, you know, it's just so human, this idea of loss and dying and impermanence and and that we're all just little, like in the whole universe, we're we're all not a big deal. I always joke and say, you know, Julius Caesar died, Napoleon died, George Washington died, like everybody's going to die. You're not mm-hmm. that important. But he makes, you know, his, especially with the dog, you know, it's just so personal. Um, and his writing is so fantastic. It's very um, simplistic and to the point. He's just really talented uh, in that way. And it's just one of those books. I think everybody needs to read this. I convince very few people to read it because they say, sounds depressing. You describe it and they immediately go, not, not for me. For me. I don't yeah, think. not for me. And, and again, that's I, the thing. It's for everybody it's because for everybody. it will happen. Yeah. And sometimes as, as librarians, we try to be like prescriptive and, and, you know, tell people what they should read. And I'm very careful. I take that pretty seriously. And I try not to recommend this to someone who's going through it in any way, shape, or form. It's like when you're in a really good place, you need to read this because it reminds you of what other people are going through, what what everyone eventually is going to go through, including yourself. So Mm -hmm. I kind of stash his little wisdoms away for when I need them. So does he get very philosophical or is he more grounded since... He's a law professor, so I'm yeah. guessing it could go either way. And it, it, it goes both ways. Okay. You know, it really does go both ways in that book. He's He is very grounded. He's a realist. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. he's represented over, I want to say, 200 people who've been on death row. So he has no illusions. Yeah. You know, he has, he, and he does. That's the other thing I find fascinating. Um, if this were just a book about death row, people tend to have really strong opinions. Mm-hmm. So I had a really strong opinion going in, and I was like, I don't want to be convinced otherwise. Like, you know, yeah. just let me sit with my opinion. He does try and I've seen his TED talks and and stuff too. He does not try to convince people that Mm -hmm. the death penalty is either right nor wrong. He just tries to bring this other perspective 
to it. The thing that stuck out to me most about that uh, piece of the book, when he's talking specifically about his work with his client, his client or one of his clients, I don't remember if it's the, the main client in the book, but one of his clients definitely was guilty in that they committed the heinous crime mm-hmm. like that. That was not really part of the debate. So this person did this absolutely horrible thing. And, uh, you know, in part of sentencing, when it's a, a capital case, they talk about, you know, extenuating circumstances, including a person's childhood and upbringing and, you know, things like that to try to make a holistic picture. And when they described, when he describes the upbringing of this person in the book, he says something and I'm going to butcher it, but it's the thing that stuck with me. When you add all this up, when you describe what this person's life was like up until this point, when we look at a heinous crime on TV or a movie, we always say, how could anyone do that? How could this person do that? We're like just stunned because it doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's grotesque. But when you describe the upbringing, he said, try to flip that and think, how does this not happen more? You know, when mm-hmm. someone's circumstances are so far out of the norm, what you and I would consider, you know, a childhood or, you know, a young adulthood it's a miracle. It doesn't happen more. How could they not do it? Mm-hmm. So his his idea, I think, if he was drilled down, would be we need to do more to make sure people aren't getting to that point, getting to that point. So that I remember. I remember a part when he did decide to put his dog down who had a also an illness. He struggled with it so much. And I've put animals down as, as you know, many people have. And, and I have a pretty realistic mindset when it comes to that. And his struggle with that surprised me a little bit. And uh, he's very much a dog person. Uh, His new book, his covers with two two of his new dogs. Uh, So yeah, I I loved all of it. And the stuff about his father-in-law, his father-in-law didn't want to fight his cancer as aggressively as Mm -hmm. um, family members thought maybe he should. So that was a really interesting um, debate. And I can see that playing out. You know, you think if you got a terrible diagnosis, if you were terminal, how would you spend your last six months? Mm-hmm. You know, would you fight to the end or would you find things in life to enjoy? So this book just has everything. Um, and I recommend it to people who are in a really good place uh, and <laughs> they need to, to, to read about other people's struggles. But that is not. That's it, not the book. That's not the book. <laughs> Interestingly, that is not the book uh, that we're giving away at Evening with the Author. Although I think he will answer questions about it and talk about it. But this book has kind of a funny story how I found it. Also, because I work in a library, it was in our new book section. And, you know, I walk by it 10 times a day. And I happened, this was a few years ago, I happened to look up and see Confessions of an Innocent Man, a novel by David Dow. And the words David Dow stuck out at me because he had written this other book that I love so much. And I was like, can't be the same David Dow <laughs> because he's not a novelist. He's mm-hmm. written, you know, more memoir types and nonfiction books. So he wouldn't write a novel. That would not make sense. And the title, I was like, Confessions of an Innocent Man. It's got a a quote from John Grisham. I'm like, hmm. So I pick it up and guess what? It's the same David Dow. So I decide to read it that weekend. And I still, you know, those books that I'm pretty sure I listen to it Mm -hmm. as I do most books, but my memory of being in my kitchen and baking um, and listening to the book and just being really, really intrigued. And the book follows something that's familiar to him, which there is a death row inmate in the book, and it kind of follows his plight. So I, I know it's probably been a while since you read that book. Um, how long has that person been on death row? Do you have? No, he I wasn't guess? on for very long. And again, this is this is fictional, and right. I mean really fictional. Like he does take a very big leap with his plot. But um, I think the main character's name is Raphael. He's kind of, if my memory uh, is accurate, he's kind of a loner, kind of a. 
guy just doing his thing. He's he's a chef in Houston. This does take place. Well, it doesn't actually take place in Houston most of the time, but because David Dow lives in Houston, this guy's a chef in a restaurant here. I try to figure out which one. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is completely fiction. <laughs> it is fiction. <laughs> fiction. Not real. Not real. Uh, so and then he meets a woman, you know, beautiful, intriguing, interesting, all of that. And also rich, which, you know, that's always helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, they're together for a while. I don't remember how long. And unfortunately, she's murdered. And uh, you know how that goes. The the boyfriend slash husband uh, partner. First, yeah, for a suspect. Is the suspect, um, particularly because she was so wealthy. You know, the motive is assumed that he wanted her money and he wasn't real known. To, they weren't married for or together for a very long time when the murder happens. I don't remember what the evidence is, but he is convicted of her murder. And again, the title is Confessions of an Innocent Man. So there's kind of a that doesn't make sense. Like the dichotomy, if he's innocent, what is he confessing to? So he's innocent of murdering. I don't think I'm giving anything away. He does not murder. He was not the murderer. I mean, the the title heavily implies that. Yes, yes. Okay, good, good. No spoilers here. Uh, So he didn't murder her, but he is sentenced uh, as guilty. He goes to prison. I think he's sentenced to uh, death, but he only spends maybe five or six years in jail. He's fighting the appeals the whole time. And and there's some holes in the evidence. Like you're thinking, how did he get convicted? But, you know, our prejudice to believe that it was the the gold digging husband or the gold digging boyfriend, you know, is pretty high. So he's going down for it and uh, he does some appeals and he's, you know, hopefully he's going to get out. And they're going to find that he's innocent. But that takes a while. Um, I can't remember what was the turning point where it's clear that it wasn't him and he's actually released from prison. So the whole kind of the front part of the book builds the relationship uh, with this woman and the murder happens. And then kind of the middle section, he's in prison, um, Mm -hmm. you know, forming relationships, trying to prove his innocence, kind of all of that. And then a whole new thing happens uh, when he gets out. Let's just say he doesn't go back to uh, life as usual. Mm -hmm. He's bearing a lot of resentment, as I think would be normal. Right. Right. Right? Five or Um, six years later. Yeah. Yes. Particularly towards and I want to say it's towards not the trial judge as much as the appeal judges Mm -hmm. who he feels like you know didn't give him a fair shake and decided literally to put him to death because that was the sentence for a crime he did not commit Mm -hmm. and uh, rightly or wrongly he cannot let that go and there is a revenge plot interesting yes in this book so and it feels like it has something for everybody yeah it's a i mean it is a really good it's not it is a mystery you know Mm -hmm. obviously it's more like a thriller at some point because he makes some really really unusual decisions centering on the idea of revenge and then it's one of those things like is he the protagonist anymore you know before we had a lot of empathy because he was wrongly accused and wrongly imprisoned um and then he does some stuff and it's it's kind of the reader's decision to decide whether the stuff is justified what would you do i mean obviously the book is an extreme Mm -hmm. um and then how will it all end and that's kind of that is the mystery part we've dug a pretty deep hole here how are we going to get out of it yeah. so through any of the courtroom or appeals process does a david dow-esque character appear does he write himself into the story you know what? that's a really good question and it's been a while since i've read it but i don't think so okay but obviously he's you know, there's, you know, technical things about being on death row and technical things about being in prison that David Dow could draw from his own experience. The end part, though, that's, you know, that's a curious question for the author that we can ask him. Where was this revenge plot conceived in your mind? Did you see something like this? Is this actually 
happened. Some of the reviews were critical. They're like, this would never happen. Well, I hope not. Like yes. you right. could say that about a lot of books we read. There I are hope- plenty of thrillers where I'm like, no, that, <laughs> no, that would not happen. Um, but it's really well done. And it's mm-hmm. very original. Just that kind of twist that the innocent person is finally exonerated. And what we see on TV, we've seen that, you know, the mm-hmm. how many of our years in jail and they, you know, discover the DNA and yeah. they're released after all these years. And, and what are they going back to? Right. Their families, if they had little kids, have grown mm-hmm. up. Whenever we see them on the news in those press conferences, they seem very at peace. They seem, you know, oh, OK, I told you guys all along I was innocent. Thanks for believing me finally and letting me out. Yeah. Of jail, there's like some formula that's used to um, financially compensate yeah. people. You know, what is a year of your life worth, right? What's five years of your life worth? Or in some people's cases, they've been in prison for decades. What does that look like? You you would almost have to have, you know, a really strong family network. And yeah. I've always assumed, and I've, that would be a really good follow-up kind of memoir thing, a true mm-hmm. story. I just always assume their family takes them back in and takes care of them for the rest of their life because... What else would happen? Right, but those yeah. relationships would change and be strained, oh, if not completely estranged. A hundred percent. So, so I thought I remember standing in my kitchen and thinking, David Dow really had an interesting idea here. This mm-hmm. is it's the only book I've ever read that's had this kind of plot yeah. trajectory to it, and I absolutely loved it. I yeah. love when professionals write novels if they are able to write well, um, because I feel like you always see a part of the plot. That you would never see if a mystery writer or a thriller writer was was going through with that because they don't have that like eyewitness knowledge of what happens in those scenarios. Yeah, yeah. no, this is and he's he is a tremendous writer. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just really I and I I'm curious to know and we'll ask him on what day did I say April thirteenth? Everyone should come. You know, does he plan to do another novel? What what is he working on? Because he has a full time like you know he has yeah. <laughs> he has more than a full time job. You know, he's a professor. Um, he. I don't know if he grew up in Houston, but he went to Rice. uh, Then he went to Yale for law school. uh, And now he's back as a professor at U of H. So I'm assuming he's very busy, but yet Mm -hmm. he must stay up late. That's what I'm going to ask him. How late do you stay up? One of those people that they write articles about that only sleep for four hours. Yeah, no, I think think he's that person uh, because he's very productive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our evening with an author, I'm very excited about it. I feel like it is a not once in a lifetime. You could just go to law school and take his class, I guess. That would be very expensive. This is the cheapest this way the cheapest to way. have audience with David Dow. Absolutely. Right. And you get a book. So you should come for sure and bring a friend. Yeah. All righty. So thank you so much for plugging our upcoming program as well as sharing one of your favorite books. I think it is one of your favorites, right? Or The, the, le- yeah, the Things I've yeah. Learned from Dying is absolutely one of my favorite books. Yep. So stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.